Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Wonderful. Love the summer, of course. I was thinking, um, I often try to, you know, uh, put perspective on on the seasons, how much I complain and moan and uh, be word about winter. Um, and so that when I'm in the summer, I can enjoy it and, you know, remember where I'm at, appreciate myself. Uh, and of course it gets very hot. And when you're in any place like a very hot location, you know, it's like, man, I hate this, this, this hot. But, but let me tell you, driving down the road on a summer night is just wonderful. Like it's just driving down this weekend. I just did long drives as the sun starts to set. And in Indiana, you get this kind of like haze over and you can see the the sun going go set over the the woods and the forests kind of that are around uh but the, the way indiana is set up often unlike several states is that it has like farmland right but not huge farmland like a lot of other states you have a plot mm-hmm. of farmland with woods bordered on the other side of it so you'll go down road and you have a long distance between the tree line uh, and that's where the sun will set so you've got this back always have this backdrop of woods in indiana which is kind of nice um, with space to be able to see the the, the the sky so i love driving around on the old country roads um, at night and seeing these big skies and then going into the wooded areas and back and forth it just feels really really good um, so that's my, my way to start off saying, man, I love the summer. I love summer nights. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful season, I think. Um, and, and I'm not even in a cool place like Washington or anything where they got massive forests <laughs> out there. But I can appreciate where I'm at for, for a little while until I'll drive somewhere else someday. Uh, how about you? How's, how's the, the West Coast treating you? Pretty nice. Pretty nice. It's... Um... The last two days have been cool enough again that I've not needed to run the AC. Nice. Um, we get these sort of like just long overcast. I think I'm close enough to Seattle that I'm in that sort of climate. It doesn't rain like it does up there. I don't know mm-hmm. <coughs> quite what the what the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for the like biome ecosystem. <laughs> Bio- that's good. Um, I know that that's a game. That's a game term. I know. Right, right. Biome. Um, I forget where I heard that used. Not that, but I heard like taiga used in some other. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but the like tall trees in the snow. Mm, yeah, okay. Now talk about good, good, good thing. Uh, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I know where I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I saw that in some other context and was like, well, yes, of course, that's a real thing. Um, that notch implemented in minecraft which is the game that we're we're referring to but yeah it'll do this like it's not really raining but it'll be mist mist falling Mm -hmm. um where i can you know i can put on a flannel or you know a a long sleeve shirt and and walk the dog and not really we're not really getting wet like our i mean dog not wearing clothes but (laughs) my my clothes will get a little damp um and otherwise, you know, we'll be fine because it's not really raining. But then it'll stay cool, um, yeah, for the whole day, and uh, and that's nice. Nice, very nice. Well, I need to go. I was just talking to uh, uh, one of my employees at work today, talking about I, I need to do some uh, lake time, and because um, I haven't, you know, another thing we do here in Indiana a lot is spend time at lakes. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a fun thing, funny thing. Some people might not do wherever they're from. But, um, you know, we go fishing, boating, 
uh, even camping or some lakes, most lakes have beaches on them. So you can go swimming in the lakes. Um, and, and, right. I, and I haven't really spent, and I have, we've got a really big lake kind of by in, in Indiana, um, where I live. And I, I really don't get out there enough. I really should. It's kind of just a nice thing, especially going fishing. That's what I was talking about. I like fishing is fishing goes along with golf with me and that it's just a relaxing thing to do. I don't do it because I'm skilled or any kind of stuff as much as I've mm. studied both those sports. I am, I don't succeed at either of them, but I really enjoy the relaxing nature of just being out on the water or on the bank and, and fishing or walking on a nice trim lawn with golf. Um, so I, I haven't done any of those and I, and I really need to do that, but we have, uh, in a couple of weeks, my next big thing coming up is Gen Con. That's in three weeks. You're going to be in town for that. Yep. Yep. I'm flying back. Uh, are you just coming in on a Wednesday and then spending that, that, that week or the whole week? Yeah. Just in Wednesday out Sunday. That's easy. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if you got to go visit, the, visit the family while you're in, in town or not, or just to uh, hang out there. Yeah, I mean, I won't have a way to get down there, right? Um, which will make it challenging. I might run into my parents if they, I think they might come out to um, North Idaho as they they try to do once a year to see my brother and his family, um, and we might be in town at the same time, and I'll see them then. We we might have to. Um... Uh, put some peer pressure on your on your brother Andrew to come up and visit you at least a day, um, and hang out and say hi. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking as far as Gen Con. I know he's gotten super into D and D stuff. Yeah, like um, he he feels like he would be a guy that would love at a young age and such, and love the whole scene. Yeah, he's. I don't know. He's got a lot going on. But he so. he's also been there since he was much younger. Like it's been a regular thing for for that. Unlike me, he didn't didn't you know discover it until I don't know late twenties or something. Um, how, how the awesomeness of it? Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of the same way. I'd never heard about it before I moved to Bloomington, um, which was oh seven ish, maybe oh six. You know, so yeah. I was well into my twenties. And of course, they learned about it through me. So, oh right, right, yeah. Because I, I remember for the first couple times we were there, uh, your brother Andrew and David both were going to to Gen Con at those times, which, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. So we'll we'll have to peer and I think pressure him out come at least come I up think and David, see. David David flew in once after he moved, but it's a big it's a big ass to fly. Back. Oh yeah, well, he's got a whole. He's got a whole family now. It's like uh, right. the world the yeah. world have changed it with with us as people over the years it's funny when you get older you just time slips by as they say and you don't realize that as everybody changes around you they're not your friends aren't like teenagers anymore they're in their 30s with all families and such right, that they deal with right exactly uh, it's a whole different thing so how was um how was your week with uh media and film Are you getting to do anything new interesting fun did you get to get out at all not really no i um what did i do i went into town both Saturday and Sunday, but just did some basic shopping. Um, you know, went to Walmart and then, uh, when I got back, remembered something that I forgot. So I planned another, another trip into town Saturday. I went to a couple thrift stores and looked around to see, see what I could see. You know, there's not, I don't have a lot of space, so I'm not really buying things at thrift stores, but I was like, 
there are two of them right here. I should check these. It's <laughs> funny. Um, speaking of those things, those kind of thrift store things, uh, um, Shelly's daughter, daughter Lola has been, who is Lola is, uh, 12 now, uh, is in, um, has, isn't around at her, at her aunt's. She's been at her aunt's for the last two, two, three weeks. Um, but right before she left, um, she was, she came in and what had her, her bedroom's right across from my game room or our game room. Cause she comes in place too, but she kind of moseyed in here and she said, Hey, I saw when I was walking by Sydney's room one day and cause their rooms are kind of right next to each other and Sid's not there anymore, but her door's open, uh, that Sydney has an, a 3ds sitting on her dresser. She just like has it sitting right at the entrance there. And she's like, do you, sure. does she still use that? And so all of a sudden Lola just gotten super interested in, in the 3ds and all the 3ds games that I had back when hope was a kid. Um, so it's, it's really interesting and she takes it now and just loves it and plays all the games and wants to go to like game world and some, you know, other, what might be considered game thrift shops looking for old games. But old games. as I'll say, talk about here in a bit, um, a lot of games that are played now have the exact same graphics that they did back then. So yeah, yeah it kind of plateaued. Yeah. Um, and, and some, even the th- like when she's playing some 3DS games, some of the graphics are better in there than some of the games that are put out today on Steam. And so it's sure. it's not like she's taking a huge step back and struggling with the interface because it's the same darn thing. And they're great games still. So why why wouldn't she play that? You know, yeah. It's, especially with portable stuff. Not definitely not portable stuff is all like poorly done, but um, like graphics wise. Um, mm-hmm. cause there are some amazing, obviously portable things. Uh, but a lot of portable stuff isn't focused on the most realistic graphics. They're, you know, often right. Pixel stuff. Of course. But anyway, uh, I, I found that interesting that she's, you know, he, here she is 13 now and wanting to play a game that was probably outmoded before she was born. Uh, I, I don't know <laughs> the, the times, but I, I'm guessing. So it's, it's kind of fun. And it, I always think I, you should get rid of some of the stuff, but then I also had her cousin is super excited about playing all the, um, um, remember those little, uh, it's like, it was called Disney. Oh, I can't remember it. Like they're little figures. You got figures oh, and you put them on the infinity. thing. Yes. Disney infinity. Like all that stuff. I had yeah. tons and tons of them and he saw that and lost his mind. He's like, I want to play it so much and just eats it up. And like I, we sent it over to his house and, he just plays a living cred out of it again, because they're, they play that kind of graphical stuff, same graphics, same look today. Um, with a lot of the games, I saw a couple of those, uh, I saw a couple of those Disney infinity bases, whatever you call the little base, you put the minis on. Yes. Um, I saw those at the thrift store. Yeah. I mean, when I was, let's say 15, um, and at that time, it would have been a Super Nintendo, I think, out. Let's fast forward, say, 19 and PlayStation to come out. Um, I certainly didn't want to go back and play Atari games, right? Like, there, I just, there's no way you're going to get me to go play Atari 2600 when I could have had PlayStation games. Um, it, it, it just, that whole concept would have just thrown me. Heck, I wouldn't go back to play Nintendo Nintendo games, let alone, um, 
those things. And now they'll go it's, back generations. That's funny to me because you have a lot of them. I do. I still play them now. Right. I go back and, and play them. But, you know, when you're 19, you want the newest hotness and everything's out right now. Um, but that's just not. I, I think I went both ways with that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I liked new things. Like, I got a Palm Pilot when I was, I don't know, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I was I was pretty young, I think, in my early 20s when I got pretty interested in, like, the older stuff. Um, I mean, even as a kid, I really liked, like, a slide projector. It was super cool. It's old <laughs> tech, right? I bought, a, I bought an 8mm projector at a garage sale that had a Mr. Magoo episode. You know, the guy who can't see, he's not really blind, but he's got real thick glasses yes, and those yep, boys yep, yep. getting in shenanigans there's no sound right like you set it up and point it at the wall and you can watch this <clears throat> watch this cartoon um it's silent because there's no sound but uh i i from a pretty young age i think i thought um old stuff like that was cool i i, w- I was the opposite i was like the newest hotness cutting edge type stuff that, that I can get my hands on mm-hmm. and do do away with the old. That's, that's, that was always my mentality. Cause it's you know, different stuff. Um, speaking of that, I did, I bought, there was a game on my wish list for steam and wasn't steams like summer sale happening or something. Uh, I'm not sure it's going on. So that used to be a really big thing for me, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's um, I don't want to say there's not been a lot out that I really have wanted, but mo- you know, there, I guess I should say there's not a lot out that has surprised me in the last year for games. Um, sure. Well, and and Steam, the Steam catalog, their their store is very low signal to noise. Yeah. Right. There's just so much stuff on there, and it's now become a joke. Like I used to think it was a I'm sure that a lot of people thought that it was just a thing they did that Steam has these sales and you're like, oh, there's this. You can get all the SteamWorld games for six bucks or something. Right. And so everybody ends up with a library of games that they've never played. Yes. And some that they've never installed. Yes. So I'm like, I'm not going to go buy more games on Steam when I'm just going to end up like either resubscribing to WoW or Final Fantasy 14 or firing up factorial again yes yeah i, I agree with like you. i just i yeah. just play the same games all the time why do i care what's on sale on steam 100 percent. and and i and i and i just pulled it up right now just to see if there was something that that i could talk about uh but as you were saying that i was thinking yes he's explaining what i'm seeing in front of me like there's there are games that are ten dollars or less that look mildly interesting just by their splash screen here um but honestly it's i had that feeling that you were describing you know, this, yeah, that's cool, mm-hmm. but it just would be another game that I would sit and start and play a little bit. Or what was that one game we played uh, across the storm or something? Uh, and I played that for like a week or against so the storm. against the storm. Yeah. You know, I played it for like a week or so. I, but it's not I really... played the heck out of that for like two weeks. Right. Two weeks. Right. And I, and I did. I played, played yeah. the credit and I got everything worth it. It was wonderful. It's still a great game. I do recommend it. Um, but it, it wasn't really like in depth. There's nothing that I like. I look back. 
they're bite sizes. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you, you know, some mm. games you can go back and say, man, that game was impactful. I had a lot of things and, and I, I'm looking at like Horizon, the Horizon Zero Dawn games or something you know, like that was an experience or God of War or something, you know, where they're just um, granted those are AAA story titles, but they're just like things that really impactful. I would even say SteamWorld Heist or SteamWorld Dig, um, uh, um, Hollow Knight, you know, just had big impacts. Most of the Steam games are bite-sized chunks for $6, and they're really only worth that. And I would put Against the Storm as one of those, right, where it mm-hmm. it feeds a niche for a while, um, but then you just move on. And that's the majority Steam games. So that brings me to one that I did buy because it was on my wish list, um, and I'd been curious about it for a long time. It's called Children of Morta. Uh, it, okay. it was yep. like, I don't know, 10 bucks at most. Um, on sale, and uh, it was billed as a story-driven roguelite. I was like, okay. And the gameplay video looked, the gameplay of it looked like a um, Hades type thing. I thought, oh, I I really enjoy Hades, and I think there should be more Hades roguelikes that are very story-driven and progression and stuff. Like, so that's cool. Uh, so I got to play it, and I played it this. I bought it, and I played it this weekend, and they're not. Wrong. It's definitely story based, like Hades. It's got its own thing happening. It's everything that goes, even in the dungeons, has story that goes along with it. And, and at this point, I can't tell what is randomly generated and what is crafted, which is pretty excellent for it. Um, sure. But I, so I want to give it, in the long and short, say a thumbs up and start telling our friends and you that, hey, you should go buy this game. It's very cheap and you, you'll enjoy it. But man, I just can't get past like the Atari twenty six hundred level graphics it has. I, and maybe I'm oh, that's right. I played like a demo or something of this, and it's yeah, it's very intentionally lo fi, like um, like very lo fi. You know, it's Hades, not Hades. I'm thinking of um, oh, what's the other roguelite? Um, It's on the Switch, and it was also on PC. Um, I got Roguelite. Yeah, it was it was two D, um, a two D platformer. Maybe you didn't play it. Okay. Um, I remember talking about it on the show because it was um, uh, like a like a twelve man studio where, and I don't know if they're all men, but you know what I mean. Yeah, twelve person studio. studio. Mm-hmm. Um. Where they all, you know, were paid the, paid the same, right? Like yeah. they didn't, ha- they had no hierarchy, and there was all this sort of inter- dead cells. Dead cells, okay, sure. Yeah, dead cells is kind of long. that. Yeah, sure. It has a has a kind of eight bit, but I remember I played like a demo or or early access or something of that game, and I remember it being very intentionally low fine. It's like even more so than just your typical. 8-bit thing that we've seen a lot of in the last five ten years yes i i and i'm looking at dead cells pictures in front of me because i did buy that game and i bounced real hard off that game because of what you're saying like it was just too too much and let me tell you this children of morta is even more lo-fi like the 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 backgrounds are pretty right They're, they're they're good and they're not terrible and and the the lighting is neat. It's got modern kind of lighting to it, which make gives it a neat aesthetic. But you know, when they're using just 
dots for people's faces, um, and they're doing a good job with what they have. But man, it's it's really, really, really stepping back, um, and then you you just can't get the cool factor that I think I want to get a lot of times with those. Um, sure, it's, it's hard to explain, but uh, when you have a cool sword and it just looks like a V or a, say a cool bow and it's a, just a V in your hand, <laughs> you don't get much looks in it, right? That are different from bow to bow. Sure. Um, or they get a new outfit and now her thing has got a line across her chest that looks like it's a sash, maybe. And you're like, okay, it's it's just holding you back, you know. So the game itself, so far, seems pretty fun. Well made, excellent crafted story. That it's definitely got it there. But the choice to go so lo-fi just makes it where I can't re- I can't recommend it, and I and that that mm-hmm. that bothers me. Uh, so I I guess I could recommend it for people who like dead cells or. Less fidelity than low cell than dead cells. It's like actually take that back. Dead cells looks like two generations above Children of Morta. Um, and that's yeah. that's it's a sort terrible. you know it's it's stylistic, right? As as video games get more and more detailed, more and more um, photorealistic, um, you know, a group of people were like, what if we went back to just just gameplay and you know i don't i don't know what the whole philosophy is yeah. but like well, I, focus yeah. on gameplay and story and not pretty yeah graphics well, and obviously you can do both yes right but right. it's it's an intentional thing and if you're not into it then you're not and um yeah and and yeah, this not, this doesn't just make it it's not just um it actually has gameplay implications like i can't quite tell where my sword mm. swipes because it's still just a pixeled you know type stuff like a blur yeah yeah and, and they can and i know games something that, and i didn't yeah. you know i think i played through it one time it might have been one of those where just the the roguelike nature of it was too punishing and it didn't grab me but it i only did. played it one time and never went back to it i never bought the full game so um and i don't remember it seems like something i maybe would have talked about on the podcast but yeah um, i i i said yeah. i i want to play it because the story is good like it's done by a narrator so it's not like in hades there's different people talking and they have different stuff it's one narrator right. telling the story um and they'll say like jonathan felt this way and he and you'd see the little guy walk across the screen and start interacting with the grandma and grandma says this and you know, so it's one person doing all the voiceovers, um, hmm. w- w- and he's great. He's really, really good. Um, so I do like that, and I know I can already tell that I I would want to get invested in these characters, um, and that every one that I play, as I unlock them, and they're being unlocked organically through the story. Um, I'm like, oh, I know why I would want to play this rogue character because of who he is and how he got his swords and stuff, and like that's how he's unlocked, and I want to play him. That's cool, and it makes the game very, very attractive. So I would recommend it that. And you're right, the roguelite is a little punishing at the beginning, more so than most games. Um, I had to play through a cu- like several hours, for me. like three hours, before I started to feel like I could even get past the first two stages. Right? Not not even the okay. get to the first boss. You know, I get to the first boss and then get wrecked. Um, 
Right. And, and, and every run would make me progress because you, you like I get plus one to attack. But really, you don't see any changes until you have plus 15 to attack. And then you can start noticing that, okay, mm. it's a little easier. So you just go through a lot of punishing repetition um, and dying a whole lot in this game. Um, it does get better because, like I said, I, I played it all weekend. And I was able to beat past the first boss and go into the second area. But then I'm, again, overwhelmed and feel like I'm working my ass up. That's not a problem. I don't bother that. You know, difficulty is a whole different thing for different people. But, yeah, that, the, the fact that it being so pixelated means that it has issues where you can't quite accurately do the things that you would do in other games. Especially since I'm playing, you know, I've been playing Diablo 4 before this. And... <laughs> you know, you're doing a whole lot of stuff in the same kind of top-down view, right? Sure. It's still things coming at you that you're murdering. Um, it's very much like that. And when you have such control and you can do so much very advanced and smooth and modern kind of control and and design with Diablo 4, it's this huge step back. Uh, when you when sure. you're restricted to those pixelated stuff, so I, I spent too much talking about this, and they don't mean to be bagging on it. It was definitely worth the, the ten dollars. I will continue to play it, um, but it's gonna it's gonna bounce off me because of that just that that look. And you know, um, Hades is definitely not a high fidelity kind of game. It's very um, right. pixelated yeah. in itself, and that never bothered me one minute. Um, and I really really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, uh, Children of Morta, I definitely would say would fit in the Hades genre. And if you like Hades and really are jonesing for another one, you can definitely pick this up. It's super cheap, um, and you'll have some good fun with it. Um, but it's you know suffers from that from that thing. Uh, so that's that's what I did with my games on the Steam thing. There is the Amazon sale coming up and i usually look for video games during that time or movies but prime day prime, yeah prime that's day. that's what i thought when you asked me about steam sale i was like i don't know about steam sale steam sale but i keep getting emails and notifications on my phone from the app that like oh get ready for prime day it's like january 25th or something they're like prime day july 11th to 15th or whatever and i'm like that's over two weeks away, Amazon. Get off me. <laughs> you don't know what that. Uh, this this month's play, free PlayStation games was two I didn't know and don't look interesting, and then one was call it like one of the big news Call of Duties. Um, and I am not interested in Call of Duty multiplayer because it's so very high skill now. Um, sure, it's just I I can't even get jump into any kind of a multiplayer game and compete at all, which is really sad. Um, but. I've always enjoyed the stories. So uh, I downloaded it to start playing the stories. Um, and I only got a little bit because it was a huge download. Um, but, uh, you know, it did feel very military shooter-ish. I, I, I enjoy... This is set in the Cold War in the 80s. Um, and I enjoyed, um, you know, being part of going sneaking into Russia and being part of the stop the nukes and Ronald Reagan walks right. in the briefing room and starts giving me briefings like that's cool. You know, <laughs> I, I enjoy, enjoyed some of that. And th those are always pretty fun because it's always interesting to me that a shooting game can have, like you can actually get attachments to characters and battlefield hmm. and call of duty have had very good single player games that, when you play through, they're just characters that are on the screen. It's very much like the um, Last of Us, where you're not controlling the other character, but just the banter and such. 
Um, sure. In the way things that are framed, you kind of get attached to them. And, you know, I can already see that in this game. So I, I'll probably play a little bit of that. I, I enjoy shooting things, especially if they're computers and not people. Because um, they'll shoot me first. I'll play a little bit more, right. more of that, that later. Oh, shoot. I think that's all I've got for games this week, though. Um, yeah, I've not, I've not played, um, I've not played anything. We, we talked about this on our discord, um, but I, at the park here, and I actually didn't check until just before we started to record. Um, hopefully nobody heard this in last week's episode, but, um, I was having internet troubles. My, nobody cares about this, but, um, I have Starlink and I also have, um, a T-Mobile, uh, card. In Star, Starlink being, uh, Elon Musk's satellite internet, right? I mean, that's interesting to some yes, people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If you, if you haven't heard about that, that's, that's SpaceX's, um, low earth orbit satellite cluster internet thing. And, and it's um, broadband, right? It's and, not like, uh, you know, just dial up or something. It's actual stuff. It's, it's pretty fast. It, I mean, just like, just like mobile internet, it can get congested if a lot of people are using it in, you know, around you. And it does need, um, clear line of sight to the sky, um, which is sometimes easy and sometimes not, mm -hmm. um, at the park I was at last week, I think I talked about this. Um, I specifically got a spot that had a big open space to the North, um, so that I could, you know, get get sight to those those satellites. Um, where I am now has a lot of really tall trees, and so it's fairly reliable for work and things like that. But when we're recording, every few minutes it would just drop out, mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm not even going to bother trying to fire up Diablo Four because it's a pseudo MMO, right? I would get sure. bad rubber banding and stuff like that with super the legs. So yeah. I was like, I, I I, I won't bother with that. Um, I did just realize before we started recording that I do have pretty good signal to T-Mobile on my modem, um, and I could probably try playing on that. Um, but, yeah, so that's the long story to say. I've not played any games. Um, I did. I have a weird I did have a weird thing with Call, Call of Duty I, that I appreciated. And not that I talk highly about Call of Duty series often, but um, sure. when it was loading um the campaign loaded up first before the multiplayer stuff um and it said you know you can play um do you want when you launch the game do you want to sign up for an activision account or log in and i was like no nah, i just don't want to do that right now and i could say okay and pass that up and it say play offline and just play the campaign and i did not have to be anything online which i i thought hmm. that seems pretty easy and a nice, straightforward, easy thing to do, and I can't do that with Diablo. Like, no, it, it that bothered me. <laughs> Not for, I mean, for the first time. And then, as you're talking about now, I had been reminded that occasional rubber banding happened, and that's not something that, if you're just playing a single player game, should happen. Like, it shouldn't be Mario. You, you decide to hop on Super Mario Brothers, and then you're rubber banding on World Four Four um, because it has to connect sure. to the internet. Well, that was the whole. That was the whole drama with Diablo 3, right? Right. And, you know, that was 10 years ago. So, you know, now they've got this online experience. So, like, I can't, I can't log into WoW. I mean, I was at a couple of parks 
back because I spent a couple months playing uh, Dragonflight, the latest WoW expansion, and I would sometimes get a big, you know, like three, four, five hundred ping, and I'm like, well, let me just wait and see if this evens out and uh, see if I can go. It's a, you know, it's an older game, so it's a little more forgiving of that stuff. It's not as twitchy. For the normal like solo questing, if you're in raids or PvP or something like that, it's a yeah. different story. But and and I'm fortunate that I I have a rock solid awesome internet that I can deal with here, and then it's stationary. Um, but so I never really have to honestly worry about any of that. It's not a bore, but but still, it, it sticks in the back of my head that whole DRM thing because not. I guess my point is that not all of them do it. It's that like, well, we have to like, well, no, they're like, for example, here's a leading number one first person shooter in the world and it's not doing it. Um, you know, you don't have to, it's an actual decision that you make as a company type stuff. Again, it doesn't bother me in any way. Um, but if I was someone in your position, it would probably bother me a bit that I couldn't hop on a game because, a single player thing, you know, was forcing me to be online type stuff. Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah, obviously I'm, is different because it's, you're playing an online multiplayer game. You're not playing a solo game. Um, but I always think of Diablo as for me solo with, if I want to hop on the multiplayer part of it, I will. Um, right. That's, it's always yeah. been, that well, way. that was, like I said, that was the big complaint with Diablo three because it did have, you know, what should have been offline play yeah right and it's that's the thing uh with the switch version right is it it is like any switch game like you don't have to be online all the time to play diablo 3 on the switch um but it does check in with the servers more often than um and i think you know i think part of it is probably um security like for hacking because you're dealing with items and all those kind of things, especially when Diablo three launched because it had that stupid real money auction house. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. But, if you're always online, the, the server keeps pinging stuff like, anyway, I don't want to get into yeah. that. Whole now topic. Blizzard has um, just decided but, to, but to from, do that. Right. And that's the stair. For me, I knew, I knew that, um, the internet was going to be a sort of compromise, uh, with, you know, living this lifestyle. I don't want to use the word. <laughs> You're living the lifestyle. I'm writing that down in our Discord. <laughs> Dennis is living the li- lifestyle. You know, <laughs> living this life, I knew, you know, for the first six, eight months that I was doing this, I was just using the Wi-Fi at the RV parks, which was very inconsistent mm-hmm. from park to park. Right. And I, and I always, almost always had to pay for it, you know, pay extra for it. Um, and so it's just something I deal with. I'm like, well, it's fine. I'll, take a break from Diablo four while I'm here. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. And, and have to, to do it. You, I would assume that like, it's less now. Cause I, I remember you having to live with the park stuff, but um, you know, you miss out on some things, I guess. Like I, I can't think of anything right now, but like say, I know we we're playing vampire survivors for a while and I can't remember what your internet connection was then, but you know, it's not one that you like, you can't just hop on like other people could because you have to deal with, it's like the same people who lived out in rural areas who don't have broadband and have to, you know, deal what with connections. The, what was the game that was like Left for Dead? Oh, Back for Blood. 
mm. Back for Blood. You're right. Yeah, stuff like that. Did you? I did. I don't remember if you got in on I that. Did. When I did. I did. Yeah. And that was that was when I did um, Game Pass and mm-hmm. all that. But and also the the uh, Rock and Stone. Deep Rock Galactic. Deep Rock Galactic was the right, same yeah. way. Like like a bunch of our friends were playing. It was very multiplayer, and I think I was still on Park Wi-Fi at the time, and I was just kind of following along. Like I think I was able to do a little more in Back for Blood, but most of Deep Rock Galactic, like I did not know. A lot of times, I didn't know what the mission objectives were, and the brothers, the Horalovich brothers, know the you know learn and know games so well so fast Mm -hmm. that they would run around and do all that stuff and i'm like okay where's who's the close there's pete's over there i'm gonna go follow him and you know try to do like two things that help while we're doing this um but you know then i would get big lag spikes and i'm like well it's fine you know we're not failing because of this and i'm sort of playing along yeah it's just like i said something that i knew I would just have to deal with. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a different uh, when you don't have internet speed, you know, because you're in a, a roaming area or like most people in in rural areas. Um, you know, what, what do you call it? These are first world problems that, that you complain about, right? Oh my, yeah, my yeah. You just you just work around them, and you know, as our buddy Pat likes to say, life is about choices. You yeah. know, yeah. I decide that I'm gonna. I'm going to do this. I'm going to travel around and, you know, yeah, I'm not going from one national park to the other, but I've seen more national parks in the last year than many of our, any of our other friends. Uh, and in exchange, I don't have gigabit fiber internet. Right. I don't have, I don't have 800 megabits down. Right. Ever. <laughs> but, but it's, it's nice that, I guess that's where we started this conversation. It's nice that you now have a little bit different, more of an option besides just park Wi-Fi type stuff or, or rural Wi-Fi yeah. or whatever that wherever you're at, that you at least have this new Starlink thing. I'm not promoting Starlink, but I just think that's neat. It's a neat new thing. We've got satellites, you know, giving us internet. Yeah. In, in, in this situation that I'm doing, the important thing is backups. Right, having multiple. That's what uh, I don't know if I actually got to making that point, but we can record the podcast now without my internet dropping out because I can connect to T-Mobile and it's not as fast, but it's steady because there's no. I don't have to worry about the satellites going behind trees, <laughs> um, and it's just you know it's backups and redundancy. Like in some cases, I won't have. Uh, cell service and that's where i hope that um the starlink works really well yeah. or you know somewhere there's a lot of tree cover i can use the mobile internet you know yeah. the cell cell service and these are these, um, these are cool things for me like you know different perspectives on stuff and that things i take for granted sure. and forget about often you know um and it's not obviously your your lifestyle is um is different uh but there's a lot of people who live in different places and you know that aren't like me and our friends who live in the same, you know, 15 square mile area um, that we often right. forget about when we make these wild assumptions that we do. Yeah. Um, well, even, even before, um, even before I started, um, you know, living in a camper full time, uh, I was in rural Northern Indiana 
I mean, for the whole first couple of years of the podcast and like the whole time we were doing Klingons and Dragons, I was doing all of that from a DSL connection that I was sharing with like four or five other people. Um, and so when I'm like, yeah, I have a stable 20 megabits down and five up. I'm like, that's fine. I have that <laughs> right. much speed all to myself. That's that's all that I need. I don't, you know, I watch YouTube, but I don't stream movies and TV shows in real time. Like I pre-download everything. Right. And I can watch it in full, you know, full res full quality. And I just have to plan ahead a little bit. All right. Well, something we didn't really put on our list here, Dennis, and, and I don't think there's much to talk to. It's why we have been on our list. But um, I'll just ask you because you watched the whole thing and I really didn't. Um, uh, Blizzard had their Diablo panel thing happen this last week. Um, mm -hmm. And it was primarily about Diablo Immortal and upcoming Diablo 4 stuff. Um, I know the highlights of what I was looking for particularly, but I don't know. I didn't see or read anything about that whole presentation. Was there anything we're talking about or you can convey that's interesting happening with that? Um, I mean, nothing that is relevant if you're not playing those games. Um, they're adding a new class to Diablo Immortal. That seemed cool to me. What, what class was um, it? Is it one we know? It's called a, it's called a blood knight. It's oh, like a, so it's, that's a it's new like thing, a, like a whole new Diablo a, thing. A sort of, yeah, it's, it's new to Diablo. Of course, blood knights are a, pseudo thing they had in wow um for a while like the the when the horde got paladins they i think in dev versions were called blood knights but they, i mean they were just paladins they had the same mechanics yeah um they look like kind of a a melee a little bit of a spell user with some blood stuff there's vampire kind of kind of theming around that i have not played diablo immortal in a long time so i don't have much to say on it yeah um the other stuff i was looking for was you know news on diablo 4 and the seasons um which was kind of interesting but again if you're not playing um it's not really uh it's not really gonna mean anything um and if you are playing you can go find and read the notes and that'll be better than me trying to <laughs> remember all the um like the things that were interesting to me was them talking about like, you know, in the in the launch version of the game, we were going to do this and this. And we got a bunch of player feedback and they're like, this is really important. And so, you know, we did this thing and the players are because uh, uh, let's see in if you do nightmare dungeons, they added a way you can teleport to people in your team or you could teleport right to the dungeon, but mm -hmm. you teleport outside the dungeon. And okay. so yeah. you have to do a load screen for the teleport and then another load screen when you go inside. Yeah. And so from the player's perspective, you're like, why did you do that instead of teleporting us inside? Right. Well, the the team, the higher-ups, you know, team leaders or whatever, got this feedback and were like, oh, yeah, it would be nice if people could just teleport right to the dungeon when they use the thing, whatever that's called, that, yeah. that upgrades it. Yeah. And so they go to the devs and they're like, Hey, can we can we do a thing where people can teleport to the dungeons? And of course, the devs are like, "Well, if you had told us three months ago, <laughs> right, we yeah. could have we could have built that in, right?" It's like in my my work in my day job, my boss and I once we'll use that clip from uh, uh, Adam Sandler 
the wedding singer. Mm. Right? It's like th- things could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Right. And so instead they're like, you know, they have this back and forth. At least this is how they related in the live chat. They're like, uh, you know, can we do this right away? Right. And of course the devs are like, no. And they're <laughs> like, what's the, what can we do in the fastest, right? So we can have this out before the next patch that's like next week right. or whatever. Right. And they're like, okay, we can do this. It'll teleport them right outside. And they're like, okay, well, that's something, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's this, this like back and forth compromise between like the managers and the coders. <laughs> and that's, that stuff was interesting to me. I doubt that it's super interesting to anybody who doesn't work in IT, but it's, um, it's kind of interesting from a player even standpoint, because you do get annoyed by sure. those little things. Like I, that to, one in particular, just understand. Did, right? Yeah. It's like, um, like, do I have to click this three saying, times? Why do I have to click? It's just push. I went right there. I'm doing it every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody in our discord was saying about the whole Elon Twitter thing. Um, that like, you know, it seems like more, normal people are starting to understand how websites work. Maybe that was you. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, this is not just a magic thing that's here. It works like this. And you don't have to work in IT or or be interested in it to to start to understand like the the underlying systems. This is a thing, you know, that takes me back to like being a kid and learning to use computers on DOS. And then my younger siblings, like not that much younger than me, could just go into Windows and fire up a game and they're playing a computer game. Not the Nintendo, like it's a computer game and they can't even read. Like they they don't they didn't have to type anything they could just click on it with the mouse. Yeah. And I was not furious, but I was annoyed. <laughs> like that's not right. Like I had to do this and this and this. It's like the old man, you know, walked to school barefoot in the snow. <laughs> right, right. Kind of thing. But the, 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 and it's, it's also the thing people say about, um, the stupid generation labels for the, like, for a while, like, to a certain extent, your generation and especially mine were like tech competency or, or computer, uh, literacy closely correlated with age right the older you were the harder time you had with computers yes um in general right of course there are outliers but at a certain point that stopped being true right where like in general again gross generalization (laughs) they're like people our age plus or minus a decade or so know a lot about how computers work even if we're not programmers know like here's how a file system works here's how folders work right right. here's what you have to do when this goes wrong or most of the time to the answer most of the time the answer to that is just google it um and then people older than that are like how Mm -hmm. did you do the the thing that made my fonts turn into comic sans or (laughs) you know they don't know any of the right words for things um all of that stuff and then at the same time you get people younger who have never used a computer that's not a tablet or a phone 
you know, maybe never used a physical keyboard. I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean? No, yeah, no, no. And they're like, it's not too far off. Like the apps, you know, it's like I, I referred to, uh, you know, something on a computer as an app with my younger brothers. And they're like, what is it, a phone? And I'm like, apps are not exclusive to phones. The programs on your computer are applications. It's the same thing. <laughs> like, there's an app for that. Wasn't a new word right. when the iPhone happened. Um, and it's, it's again, it's like the, the, you know, the older generations didn't have the stuff. Or when it came around, they were old enough, you know, that it was really difficult to learn. The newer generations, the the technology is so obfuscated behind, you know, really well designed or or over designed user interfaces that they don't have to know any of the things we had to learn. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know where I what we were talking about that I got <laughs> off on that. Well, uh, it's funny you, you kind of jokingly said the thing about keyboards, like Lola, who is thirteen years old, comes in and still like single types with her fingers at 13 because right. and she is involved with tons of technology every day, but you know, keyboards are, are something that she doesn't use often. Um, and it's, yeah. it's still kind of, a, yeah. it's funny. You're it's true though. What you you'd said, um, uh, moving on to other stuff before we get to our show this week, I just going to, was going to report on, I had mentioned that I was hoping to see a couple movies this week weekend. I didn't get to see a couple, um, cause I'm still putting off Indiana Jones five until I see it with my grandma. Uh, but I did get out to go see Asteroid City, um, the mm. Wes Anderson. And I know you and I have watched several Wes Anderson movies and yeah, had yeah. discussions. You can go back in, in our episode catalog and re- listen to some of if, those things. But if if people on uh, if people on TikTok are to be believed, um, that movie is very appealing to uh, what do we say? People on the spectrum. Okay, sure. I, I didn't think about I've it from that perspective it, so I until now. Yeah. I can't c- confirm or deny that, but uh, yes. that, um, in, in, I think specifically they mentioned the way that the characters um, emote or or the dialogue is, is straightforward and... Um, Wait, are you talking about Asteroid City or Wes Anderson movies in general? I mean, maybe in general, but specifically Asteroid City. Okay, I, I 100% agree with that, and I and I 100% agree with, that's just Wes Anderson, I think. I think all of his movies feel like they're to, for like made by somebody who's on the spectrum and is understandable yeah. by that. I, I, I would, again, not, not knowing as much about autism, the autism spectrum uh, as some people would, I... I know some bit of it and it feels that way. Um, especially this movie, mm-hmm. the characters, the, there isn't a story to this. Um, but <laughs> the young characters are very intelligent kids. They're teenagers, right? The, sure. And right. they are supposed to be, um, that way. They're supposed to be awkward they don't fit in socially. They don't know how to act with anyone else. And mm-hmm. they, they interact with each other uh, because they get each other. They get that weird thing. And they, they play a game where they like start saying people's names and you have to, let's say I say um, um, uh, Dennis Rogers. And then 
then you're the next person on. You say Dennis Rogers, Michael Daniels. And the next person says Dennis Rogers, Michael Daniels, Joe Biden. Like, and then you just keep going around the circle and adding names and everyone has to remember everything. And they say the most weirdest eclectic names that I have never heard of in my life ever. Right. And that's what, Mm -hmm. that's, that's why, yes, I can see that whole, like being on the spectrum thing because they're, they're highly intelligent people, but very socially awkward and don't understand that. And they're main characters. Right. So, all right. So the show, the movie, um, I don't spend too much time. Just want to say, uh, it's a very meh. It's super Wes Anderson. No one will say otherwise. Uh, if you ever just do a Google Wes Anderson movies and watch a couple trailers, you're like, Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, that's this like to the max. Um, and I, and I, and I forget, are you, what, what's your general feeling on, on Wes Anderson? I appreciate it. I appreciate the different take. Um, sure. I like different perspectives, something new, you know, sort of, sort of academic sense. Yeah, sure. Or, Or just kind of intellectual sense, right. That, um, do something different. Right. You know, I've, we've all sure. seen enough formulate things. Uh, and, and I think sometimes when people think so far out of the box, uh, they create something new sometimes. Right. And, and I think of video games where we're saying, you know, uh, that's how things like um, Dota. Right. They thought so far out of the box about mm-hmm. how to instead of just sitting down and playing a, a Warcraft three thing that they're going to make an entirely different thing. It's somebody who went totally different with what they have. And now we have. A whole world of stuff like that. Um, and that's why I think right. stuff like Wes Anderson people can do. They can inspire and change and really modify cinema. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate that. Are they good always? No. I, you know, they're crazy sometimes. <laughs> um, but I, right. I appreciate them for that. And this one is one of those ones that, like, I appreciate what he, who he is and the auteur of it. And, but I also think it's bad. I will say, I think it's a bad movie. Um, because in, here's the best way to explain it to you. It's a tech demo, right? Does does that make sense? Like when you get a tech demo for a, for a, a new PlayStation or Xbox or something, it's not a real game. It's just showing off like the, what it has, like the early, the, the very earliest things that I saw on the Oculus on the VR. Absolutely. Yes. Just like that. You know, it's like showing off all the cool thing it does, but you're not actually, there's no real substance here. Um, and that's, that's exactly what this movie was. There's, there's no real substance here. Um, sure. There's a few potential one-liners where people were like a little laugh out loud, but not chuckle loud. It was just like, huh, that's really odd, you know? And that's about it. Gotcha. Um, so the, the story, which is in the trailers, um, there is a, uh, prize for like these high school teenagers that they're awarding for some of the smartest people in the country. And the president's awarding them with a $25,000 scholarship. This takes place in the 1950s and they, it's, uh, it's being given in a little town, I think in Arizona type called asteroid city where an asteroid once hit, um, and mm-hmm. has left a big crater and it's just a little like one motel town and that's it. There's not even a town. It's just the motel, I think. Um, and all these people converge on the city. Uh, then something happens. There, there's, there's spoilers. Fine. If you want to go to spoilers, you can pass on this one. 
an alien comes and picks up the rock while they're while they're um, giving the uh, you know announcing the, the the awards from these very eclectic kids, um, and it's claymation. Like it just comes up, the alien ship hovers there. He comes down. It's very awkward. Everybody stares at him as he tiptoes up, picks up the 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 rock, and then goes back in his his alien ship and takes off. And then the rest of the movie, in very Wes Anderson style, the military takes over the town, locks everybody down. They can't go anywhere. Um, but that's it. Like, and the characters are just sitting there bored for a week and interact, but not in anything meaningful way that matters, right? There's no characters get together in the end. There's no love story that blossoms. There's no, um, character development where someone gets better or learns something. It just happens. And then it's over. And, they get released from the town at the end and it's over. And you're like, okay, I watched that thing. Um, they were weird characters. Sure. But that's it. So I described it as a middle with no beginning or no end. Just a thing that happened. Um, yeah. So it's, I wanted to, I wanted to recommend it to Sydney cause she was kind of excited to watch it, but I ended up telling like, man, there's other things you should go watch. Um, that you would enjoy. Um, but if, if you really want to see a weird eclectic thing, just wait till that show comes on streaming. 100% mm-hmm. made for a little box. You will get it in 15, 20 minutes. And then there's a whole side to this that in the, like it cuts to a play being made and performed of a show called asteroid city. But, you have no idea how it correlates and they never explain it and it doesn't mean anything. Hmm. Yeah. You're like, okay, so you'll, you'll get the show in 15 minutes and then you'll be like, I can watch the rest of this. Or you're like, yeah, pass. I'll move on. Uh, definitely not worth going to the theater for. And I spent too much time talking about that one already. Um, <laughs> I, I am going to go watch uh, mission impossible. Our buddy Fox has done nothing but rave about it. Um, yep. Oh, I've heard that, which is, I mean, He's got he's got good good opinions and good tastes and good ideas of cinema stuff. So for him to rave over what what would people essentially think is a summer popcorn series says a lot, I think. So I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, do you want to talk about our movie? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This week we watched Zathora, a space adventure. From 2005, starring uh, Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. Kristen Bell's husband. Uh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Uh, Dax Shepard. Uh, and just barely the, Tim Robbins. Like, he's only in it for a little bit. Yeah, he's only in the in the very beginning. Um, the bored girl from Twilight <laughs> is in this. And... Uh, the Baker kid love interest from Hunger Games. Nice description of all those, Dennis. I, I approve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well done. And 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 of course, Kristen Bell's husband. Kristen Bell's Shepard. husband, uh, who he um, as, as cool yeah. as he is, he will forever be known as Kristen Bell's husband. Right. Tim Robbins, Dax Shepard, Kristen Stewart, Josh Hutcherson, um, and the younger brother uh, Jonah Bobo. Um, you had not this seen this is, one, which I, I was surprised I had not seen this. This is, 
it's it's technically a sequel to Jumanji because yeah. it's adapted from a book by the same author. O- original um, Jumanji, not new Jumanji. Right, original Jumanji. Um, though I have heard that the director, John Favreau, um, from such things as the Iron Man franchise. What? Who's that guy? Mandalorian and The Chef, or Chef <laughs> the Movie and The Chef Show. And The, the Lion King, don't forget The Lion um, King. And The Lion King, yeah. The live action Lion King. Yeah, he, he did that. Uh, he directed this, and I've heard that he did not want to make it as a Jumanji sequel. So there are some connections. Like, I I don't know, is it maybe the same house? I guess I sort of assumed that, but it's been a long, long time since that's I saw a, That's a little Jumanji. silly, because he should have. I think it could have only benefited from being a Jumanji connection. I I don't know if, like... You didn't need it. Maybe, but... Jum- maybe Jumanji grew in popularity as the years went on. It's um, kind of a weird, uh, a weird premise. Uh, it does have a higher IMDb rating than this movie, um, though again, that could have changed over the last few years. Um, I it's hard for me to imagine a time when Robin Williams wasn't super popular, but I assume his sort of legend changed over time uh, after he passed. Uh, and those sorts of things. But, um, well, I thought Jumanji one was really well, at least when it came out in eighties. No, it can't be that long. Was it eighties? No, no, nineties, ninety five. The the movies were in the, or the books were in the eighties. Uh, sure. That in like 95, I thought it was really well received. I thought a lot of people watched it and it was pretty big. At least that's what I remember. Um, I remember some of the special effects looking bad, but again, it's, Oh, long, sure, long sure, sure. It's 95. It. Right. um, so I'm not going to bother with the spoiler bell for this because you, well, yeah, I guess I will. Yeah, I mean, the, there should the, be. The basic, the basis, what what, are, what word do I want here? The the core thread arc of the, arc, not thread, the core arc of the story is exactly what you'd expect with the board game and and, and all of that. But there are some twists and reveals but the real story is the journey along the way dennis yeah it's the is the brother you made along the way right uh which which does we're gonna talk about spoilers yeah yeah we're gonna talk about zathura uh in full spoilers so if you haven't seen it want to see it and don't want to be spoiled on the reveals skip ahead for final thoughts hey can i use our one curse word and say that the older brother's a dick like hardcore <laughs> it's it's in the movie and apparently tim robbins doesn't have strict rules on on his son's uh language or his son um, being a d word yeah yeah the um well let's see i'm I'm trying to decide how to come at this uh <laughs> since we're okay. in spoilers right. okay. we, we we can talk about spoilers the setup the sort of prologue was really good i mean you know, good for the time. Like it wasn't amazing, but it was, yeah, you no. know, the, like you get the situation, you get the characters. It felt like a little late to reveal the sister. It's like, Lisa, who's <laughs> I thought Lisa? that was interesting. Like they bring Lisa up and like randomly. And it's, the, the fact that she's randomly in it throughout is an interesting right. part for and, me. And they like, when, when they freeze her, I'm like, 
it felt like when we played Star Trek Adventures and like aliens would incapacitate somebody or like you do in in D&D when one of the players yes. can't be there. You're 100%. Like, oh, yes. they, they they get tied up uh-huh. and kidnapped and now the rest of you are going to go. I'm like, so is she? Do they want her in this movie or you <laughs> it's know, great. Or yeah. not? She just, oh, she's frozen for five turns. And then, you know, there's all these awkward yeah. mannequin. I thought she, she was just like a, a gag, just like any of the other gags were, right? Like she shows up periodically, like the robot shows up periodically. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, um, so much of this has no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like it was all very predictable most of it like sure. i knew the robot was going to fight the lizard man like a half an hour before it happened <laughs> well like, waiting so long i'm like yeah. the lizards are in the basement where's the robot like the robots in the basement they've reminded us reminded us of that several times obviously he's going to fight the the lizard man and it's it's taking so long to get to that point all of that stuff I chalk this up to being a movie for kids. Oh yeah, I was, I was right. just going to echo that. Like, this is made for like, those two boys' ages. Like, that's exactly it's, who this it's, is for. It's very clearly because they're like bickering sometimes. There's there's a point toward the end of the movie where the they're together with Dak Shepard, and you know the older brother says it's the younger brother's fault. The parents got divorced, and it's like. I get that. I get why he was thinking. It's just an awkward point in the movie when they're like sort of starting to reconcile, but just like right here in the middle of nowhere um, is this, is this awkward thing. But other than that, all the times when the two of them are fighting and bickering and saying, you know, I'm not a baby. I'm not a baby. I'm not a baby. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All of that felt very, very, accurate and realistic <laughs> i was, and I I was hoping you were going to say that i was like is he saying it's gonna be fake because i thought it was pretty realistic that was a hundred percent how kids this age act mm-hmm. and i hated it all i hated it so all. much yes. i was I like where is an adult to slap these kids <laughs> and get them to shut up hundred percent like, i was with you <laughs> and and the, you know that's obviously how i was meant to feel not you yep. know how yep. favreau or the writers whoever you know I wanted this to come across. It was very well, um, well done. It really, I don't know where exactly to put the divisions. It's probably somewhere like the first two acts and then the third act, if you want to split it into three acts or like the first two thirds or the first three quarters. And then the, the last, like, it was going and and even the middle of it wasn't great. Like the setup, the beginning <laughs> was all. I'm, I keep you're, I keep you're confusing me with the like one half and two thirds and with the all the numbers. So <laughs> there's all this setup and they start playing the game, and all of that is fine. I'm like, okay, it's the Jumanji thing again. Like I know what to expect. Yep, We've yep. set up these characters and the dad and all of that is pretty solid, right? There's there's the younger son and the older son. And they have the relationship you would expect, you know, one's more into sports and is more athletic and the other ones feels like he's worthless. And the dad's struggling because he's uh, living in mid 2020 working from home with kids 
spilling stuff on his on his work um he's not really that's a joke um he's dealing with being you know divorced and you know not really single parent but sort of um because they're splitting time three days four days and and i thought that was you know like how do i want to say this that was well done like they got all that information across and i felt like I understood the whole setup. Yeah, right. The situation like, was there. The, well done. The, these two characters, I understand them. The dad, I understand him. Even when they introduced Kristen Stewart and her relationship with the dad, like all of that felt genuine and right. Right. believable. And I was there in the situation. And then they start playing the game, and it's like, okay, here we go. Here's the tension. And now <laughs> they're in space, and it's, you know, whoa, all this stuff. And then they hit a point where the like the the little brother doesn't want to play and like i get that kids are irrational irrational yeah, right yeah but at a certain point i'm like what are you going to do and and you know that's sort of like you get that that like it's it's you know continuing with this this thread of tension between the two brothers I'm like okay but <laughs> still like Okay, and then I'm smiling ear to ear because I, I I love your description of this. Th- thinking of sure, like, sure, <laughs> well, no, well, I mean it's 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 the uh, like I've had to deal with this insanity by raising two kids, and of course, and, and, of course, and and and, 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 and hearing you describe I, it, it's like yeah, you're right, Dennis. Tell me about it. Tell me about how terrible it is. I want to hear it from somebody <laughs> else besides me. Yeah, I know. Well, and then. <laughs> And then the movie goes on and I just get more in the headspace of like, okay, this is a movie for kids. So yeah. that dumb thing is fine. This dumb thing is fine. And then the middle of it, it started to get boring. Yeah. Where sure, I was like, sure. how much how much time is left of this? Because I know what's going to happen. Things are going to get worse and worse and they're going to beat the game and they're going to be back at home and maybe learn how to get along as brothers. Right. Like. I knew that was where the movie was going to end because they wouldn't make this movie and have any of the kids die yeah, or right, anything. Of course, no. It's not, right? Yeah, I'm like, no. they're, the, I, I know where it's going to end because I've seen Jumanji and I know the formula. Yes. They're going to play a game. It's real and, th- right. that, and that's going to happen. And then Dax Shepard shows up and the one clever thing I'll give them is when he pulls the Admiral card. Right? Mm-hmm. He's got like a worn, crumpled admiral card. Like yeah. stuff is going so fast, and the brothers are so obnoxious that you miss it until the reveal later, which was just an entire scene of head scratching for me. I I actually like, really liked. I think that for me was the best part of the movie, and that I would recommend people to watch it for without telling them was that that twist. For me, I mean, I I enjoyed that part. I. I liked, I don't know, I kind of liked the idea of it, but it just was so strange and then just over. And, and just, then over. It, yeah, they, they didn't ca- expand or do they, a lot they, to it. Yeah. They cap it off with a, with a real awkward gag from Kristen Stewart because she was crushing on Dax Shepard. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's strange. Right. Um, but he goes and, and, and makes that wish, and you're like, okay, I get why that's 
touching. And obviously you have to do that for the reveal of the brother. We're in spoilers here. So we'll say this like Dax Shepard is the adult version of the older brother. And when he got the, the card that let him make a wish, he wished he never had a little brother. Right. And the brother was gone. And of course it turns out it was them there. I think I was anticipating something like that, but not that exactly. And then they just do this weird split screen thing where the there are two versions of the little brother and they touch. So like the wish was weird to me. I was like, I could sort of see this, but it's a very, um, it's a very generous thing for the older brother to do when he's only he's still kind of a dick. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Like we've softened him up a little bit, but after ridiculously wishing for a football um (laughs) which doesn't like is the you know i don't know may i'm I'm torn between like sure that would happen and no that would absolutely never happen no Um, you you really have in this situation you have to stay within the frame dennis you really really have to stay within the frame that they're they're between nine and 13 right like that's the frame that you're seeing this in right that not like I wish I was at home and not, you know, close to death every no. five minutes. Because when I'm 13, game. I could see like, oh, yeah, I might make that wish. I'd want that signed by, you know, Air Jordan, signed by Michael Jordan if I get one wish. Like when Brett you're 13, yeah, right. that's plausible. That might be one of the first things sure. that come to your head. Right. Right. So, so okay, that's the thing. And then when he gets another shot after, after the whole conversation of like, why didn't you just wish for us to be home and he or doesn't. something? Right, yeah. Then he doesn't. I'm like, okay, that's not... I was expecting, like, wish that the parents were still together or something like that. But then we do this thing, and then when they touch, the other versions of themselves disappear. Right. And, okay, and now we're on the... We're on the the slide down to tying up all the loose ends. Yeah. And somebody wins. And this weird intense black hole thing the black hole was that, weird because it just came out and did a thing and didn't need to be i didn't understand why they needed it's like it's like now there's a black hole and then lisa falls into it and i'm like okay so at the end of the black hole they're gonna wake up in the north like that's obviously what's gonna happen because i know that the older sister is not gonna die and so then we're just watching these special effects as they're all panicked and scared and then wrap it up and there's the mom. We never see the mom, which is strange. Um, I mean, it, it, it fit, this movie fits in this thing that you're describing in like Goonies and those kind of things where they are made to be seen in the frame of this specific age range of kids uh, to be watched that. So so that uh, the writer will put in a little bit of message here and there. There's got to be a message that he wants to tell the kids and make the kids better for watching it. Uh, but mm. also relatable to the kids and fun to the kids, but not too heavy for the kids where they get zoned out and stop paying attention, right? So you have to have adventures that are happening every five minutes that are new, that are exciting, that change up. Um, you know, so there's got to be just a, a, some callbacks occasionally with the robot setup type thing that you see as an adult or anyone who's like older than 15. Uh, but, you know, a 13-year-old might not see. Uh, it's all this kind of learning about stories and how they're told in a quick fast-paced don't think too hard kind of way and just have fun with the adventure but then we're going to throw in a little bit of a quick moral of the story type thing 
Um, yeah. Which, again, I go back to Goonies the same kind of way. Once you start thinking of this fantastic movie called Goonies, everything falls apart when you start trying to apply any kind of thought process to things or why, or motivation or stuff. Um, but if it was in the mind of a 13 year old boy telling a story, his own fantastic, just that's actually a way to think about it. If you're a 13 year old boy and you are tasked with writing a story for your class, that's a sci-fi story. This is a pretty cool, fun, exciting sci-fi 13 year old story, boy story. Right. Um, but if yeah, it's written yeah, by an I adult for adults, no, it's not. It all falls apart and it makes no sense whatsoever, you know. Right. And so I I finished this movie thinking this is just not for me. Mm. Right. It's, it's not for me. Not that. Sure. Absolutely. Not, that it, all right, not, yeah. not being. Not that that's me. Like, it's just not my thing. Like, most horror movies are not my thing. This is explicitly not made for me. Right. The. Right. The the weird brothers not being the brother kind of thing just felt very under and again, I don't I think you can make the argument that it's fine because it's a kid movie. I'm a little iffy on that. Um that to me keeps this from being a like sure, show this to kids whatever. Um for me and I Again, I'm I'm not sure on it. Like, I think it just like the the short version of what I was saying before was it started out really good. It got boring at the end or in the middle. And then the end was just so weird and strange and head scratchy that I was like, OK, how, how much? Oh, there's 25 minutes left. OK, that's good. We're almost done. <laughs> um and, I, I I think this movie yeah. didn't do so well in general. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how well relatively did money wise or whatever, but uh, because I, I think it I think it sort of flopped initially and then maybe has gotten a kind of uh, not quite cult following, but like appreciation rated. Yeah, appreciation, I I am. Yeah. One is I think it's important that you watch it from the frame that it's supposed to be told in. I think that's super, super important. And I also think that that frame is very narrow. And it just is like said, uh, nine to sure. 13 year old boys, um, maybe a little bit older and younger, depending on your maturity level or whatever intelligence. Um, that's one thing Two, It's very simplistic. It's very straight because it feels almost like it was written by a 13 year old boy. It's very simplistic and straightforward. And there's not a lot of really there's that one twist uh, with the with the brother being the, the Dax Shepard. Um but beyond that, there's nothing really big twisty or surprise here. You know from the very beginning how it's going to end. You know, the only thing is the little um, things along the way. What little adventures are we going to have? Um, and I thought for the first, I don't know, half of the movie, I was super annoyed at the older brother. Really just did not like anything about him. And he was, sure. I, I would I would hope that they would be, he would be more likable, that you want them to get along together. But I just was hoping that this, this the little kid would show the big kid up the whole time, especially when the big kid kept winning at the game. I thought, man, I just I want he's gonna smack that smug look off of his face the whole time. So he was a very dislikable mm -hmm. person the whole thing, which was again I think that was something that leads to the not great uh, perception of this movie. Um, there's all of those kind of things, but 
if you can stay within the lens and not let your mind wander from that, then I think it's a pretty excellent movie. I also would 100% give it to any of my uh, younger uh family members at that age range and say, here, watch this. This is fun. And matter of fact, I wish Lola was here so that I could have showed it to her. I think she would have really enjoyed it. Um, sure. Because I watch, I, I watch her shows like, um, she was really big in the last two years into, um, the Jurassic park Netflix, uh, cartoon series. And it is okay. just like this. Like, and all of the, mm. the TV shows and movies and stuff she watches are just like this front to back all the way through um you know and my kids when my girls were that age they were uh into the barbie and um uh what was it the the fairies uh the tinkerbell type stories and stuff and they were very similar to that stuff they grow out of it a little bit and they start getting to you know, they want to watch more kind of intelligent stories that have cohesive storylines but the it's so much is fed into um attention span type stuff that Sure. Watching it as an adult, it's annoying and difficult. Um, but when I watch it from the lens of a kid at that specific age, it all makes sense. And I can see how it's really good. And I liked it. And my kids liked it because they watched it at that at this age. Um, mm-hmm. But then you you and I watch it. Totally get what you're saying. Like kind of, Not just you. I think anyone who's older than 15 would see this and be like, hey, yeah, that was made no, you know, it was. I just passed. It was what it was, and there wasn't a lot to it. And I totally agree. I, I, I will say I was waiting because I looked at the cast list uh, at some point early on when I was watching it. When I started to see names, and I was like, "What is that? Why does that name? Oh yeah, that's who that is." Um, I was I was eagerly waiting for Dax Shepard to show up because yeah. you saw him. In I it. was I was really sick of seeing just these two kids. Yeah. And then they got more obnoxious with an adult in the room, which was annoying. But, uh, well, again, yeah. that's remember 13 year old boys don't see adults in the same way. And as soon as adult starts stepping in and starts laying down the law and telling them what, how things be, kids are not going to want to watch that show. That's a, that's an adult. That's a show for adults. So I noticed that I noticed sure. that too, that Dak Shepard wasn't laying down the law. He helped steer a little bit, but it, the only way he did that is by putting himself down as the younger kid. Like he kept knocking on, on the older kid, which I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, sure. he, he did not play the and adult I, in the room for the most part. And I could see that whole shtick. Um, like, intentionally whether that was the author in the book or John Favreau and the writers in this adaptation like deliberately making that different from Robin Williams character in Jumanji yeah um right like yes it's kids and yes there's one adult but it's not the same sort of um it's not the exact same formula in the first movie yeah. Um, By the way, that's 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 right. That's that is the thing. This movie what didn't do as well. One hundred percent. Totally forgot because Robin Williams wasn't in it. It. I, you're right. People didn't equate it with. Um, it wasn't billed as a Jumanji sequel, but anyone who watched it in the theaters, myself included, and then water cooled it, said it's Jumanji two, but in space. It's sci-fi Jumanji. It, everyone. It, the reviews. No, it wasn't a secret that this was Jumanji two. Yeah. 
I mean, there there are not a lot of properties or franchises out there where kids play a board game and the things in the board game are become real. Right. Right. Like right. that's not a thing. Right. That it's not like time travel or right. uh some you know, some other gimmick where you're like, oh, this is just another board game comes to life movie. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. and, there's Jumanji was and Jumanji was one. pretty successful and people really liked Jumanji. So then they went and go see Zathura expecting a Robin Williams type sh- movie. And it is not that, that you can't beat Robin Williams. Jumanji without Robin Williams is not a great movie at all. Um, he's right. just phenomenal and makes the movie that he's in uh, everything. He's well, in and you movie. can, and you can see that in the remake where, you know, they stack the cast with, um, you know, The Rock and oh, yeah. and Jack Black and um, Kevin Hart and Ruby Kevin Hart, Hart right? Yeah, the the the, the Karen little Gillen, guy. like yeah. you know, stack the cast with funny people because it's funny, it's comedy, right? Um, and you know, there's a similar. I don't want to get into because we've talked and and raved about that movie. That movie does a really good job of kind of living in both worlds because you've yes. got kids but they're played by adults right so you can have adults act like kids and that makes it funny for the kids but also not as alienating to the adults yeah uh, in the audience um well the, anyway. that movie got also got uh people were like oh it's the, it's just like jumanji except instead of jumanji coming to the real world we get to go to jumanji world and as I watched this movie, I'm like, no, that's exactly what Zathura was. With, as soon as they started playing the game, they were transported to Zathura world. They, they weren't like, yeah. they got sucked in, maybe not as visually as they did in Welcome to the Jungle, but that's exactly what happened. They went into Cause, Zathura Because they still have the house and everything. Yeah, the, the house was, you're right. But it was still, so this Zathura was kind of the blueprint for Welcome to the Jungle, Um but Welcome to the Jungle did exactly what you just said. Stacked the cast with and focused on the, the uh, comedy parts of it and did that bridge, which right. was wonderful. Um, so Zathura was, is definitely a step in between those two. Um, but because it didn't, it wasn't as good as Jumanji 1 um, and didn't go full on the way that Welcome to the Jungle did. It sits in a very middle ground for a very specific type of viewer. Um, I think... I think now that we're talking about it, a a big and I didn't I didn't realize this at the time, but again, now that we're talking about it, um, I think was the comedy like there the, was any was there any was there very little right? There was very little. Like maybe it's supposed to be funny when ninety five pound Kristen Stewart somehow pushes a piano down the stairs. Yeah. Well, or I and guess her like, parts are kind of funny when she gets frozen. And Lisa they, is upstairs yeah. or, oh, she's the, the frozen Lisa mannequin fell down the stairs and yeah. the brothers have to carry it back. Like there's like maybe to somebody, some of that stuff is funny, but it's not like having Robin Williams in your movie. No, it's definitely not right? laugh out loud funny in any way. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's very little intentional comedy. Um, very true. Which I think. I think hurt it for me. Like I can I agree. see, I agree. you know, and like, like here's a joke, but you know, you can have, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like the Disney or Pixar thing where the, the screenwriters or whomever, um, acknowledge that there might be parents, there might be adults in the room watching this movie mm-hmm. and throw in some like, you know, here's a line 
that this guy says, or, oh, you're going to make a reference, you know, nobody watching, nobody in the demographic watching Toy Story knows who Marie Antoinette is, but you, or, or even what Darjeeling is, but you throw that joke in there for the parents and the way that Tim Allen delivers it makes it funny for the kids. Right. Um, Yeah. And they, they just didn't have a lot of that in this one or any. Um, And you're right. Now that you say that, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, Yes. And when you probably said it better when I was trying to struggle for this whole time to say it wasn't a Robin Williams movie, you said it better. It wasn't a comedy. Not that, not necessarily that Alan was, Alan was the character that Robin Williams played. Was he a a comedic character? He was kind of grumpy and mean for a while, but he, but Robin Williams is the way he's animated and stuff is, comedic entertaining kind of i guess i have to rewatch jumanji sure. again but i think yeah i think i feel that it was more right. comedy and obviously welcome to the jungle definitely is a lot of comedy um, <laughs> right 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 yeah. so yeah yeah you're i think that's that's well said that's a good point and when i talk about recommending it i want to say it's an i would call it say hey you should watch this adventure kids adventure movie um in the same way that um goonies is but goonies has more comedy this one doesn't have that comedy but it's just a boy kids adventure um yeah yeah and i think uh, i don't know let me a it is called it is called zathura a space adventure by the way that's the actual a space adventure right it's an adventure i think the premise is silly enough it's like we sometimes talk about superhero comic book movies i think you i mean maybe you don't need comedy but i think you should have some comedy to kind of you know hang a lantern on how ridiculous the premise is that like oh the stuff on the board game happens in real life sure it's it's who knows why or or anything it just their lives are in danger multiple times and it's just like intense the whole time but also kids it's just a weird a weird mix anyway um final judgments coming out of spoilers here um this is obviously a movie for kids. Uh, it's not for me. Um, mm-hmm. And again, as I said in the spoiler section, that's not to say that it's not to my taste. I think it's made for a very specific demographic, um, which is fine. Um, but I think it could have benefited from more comedy and more um, um, just some kind of entertaining something for adults. I think the best kind of kids movies, you know, find that balance, walk that line um, where this was fully for kids. And that doesn't make it bad. Um, it, I think, succeeded at what it was trying to do, um, which was be a fun adventure story for uh, middle grade boys. Uh, I have zero to add to that. I just just want to <laughs> echo what Dennis said, because I totally agree. I mean, out of spoilers here. I just have to let that that be that because there's nothing else better to say. I agree on all, I agree on all points, um, and and the things that we're missing were the same things that you said. It should be my my thing to point out a different angle, but I agree with those, Dennis. I, I totally do. I think that uh, um, it is for a very specific people. It is a kids show. It's just that. It's not even for necessarily adults. Sure, an adult can watch it. 
it's not terrible. They're not going to be like, oh, I hate this. Because there are some things that I've watched with my kids in this age that I just cannot stomach. I can definitely get through this yeah. one just fine. It, it's not it's a not, problem. It's not, yeah. it's not mind-numbingly idiotic like some kids' content. No, for sure. It's You know what? Because it's not um, Spy Kids, right? I think Spy Kids is the same age demographic. But from that perspective, this is much better. But... I never saw those. Woof. I'm not going to let you make you watch them, Dennis, <laughs> but that's one that's set squarely for the, that age demographic. And this is considerably better. So, wow. Now that I say that, it is for this very specific narrow uh, age group of people, it is good, high quality content. Let's put it that way. For that, compared to the other things that they dealt with that were at the time and before. Um, you know, the, the same kind of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles might fit in the same kind of demographic. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the sure. original live action one, was probably better than this one. Uh, but still, yes. So cool. Uh, next one. By the way, Jumanji is, that has another one they're talking about making. It's interesting. Just side note I'd read where uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Jake Kasdan, who was, I think, the director or writer, um, talked about the next movie. And they're trying to aim that into the story being one of the villains, the main villains in one of the previous movies um, was an actual person in real life. Um, So that the story might be about them and they will also, it will be retold of the original. It'll be a remake of the original with all new actors. Um, Hmm. So I never saw the second one. uh, Oh, the, the um, next level. It's called the next level. It's okay. It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. Not quite as good as the first one, but, you know, just like all these Jumanji movies, you kind of know where they're going, what's going to happen. It's just the vignettes in between that you're watching. Sure. Uh, and the little comedy right. quips. Uh, yeah. um, I get to pick uh, next, right? It's that... your pick. Yeah. Oh, Why don't we talk about this stuff before we, we actually do it? Um, I don't know. We only we only did pre-show for an hour and a half talking about star trek Uh, i got one i got one that's going to be a little off the wall um but it just came out and it was only limited in certain limited theaters in the last six months i can't remember exactly when it was but let's watch sisu i bet you know nothing about it um that sounds familiar which is excellent uh s-i-s-u is what it's called it um it just came out like Man, I want to say that it was in theaters two to three months ago. Um, but it's one of those very limited release things, only in certain theaters and certain places. But I've, it looks really great. Um, and I can't describe it. You just got to watch a trailer for it. Um, John, It gives John Wick vibes. Um, it's subtitled, by the way. Um, okay. So, Sisu, let's watch that one. I got good feelings about this one, Dennis. And I, I know nothing beyond the trailer um, and that people who have seen it generally like it. That's all I, and I've gotten from that, but not a lot of people have seen it uh, either. So Sisu, let's watch that. Okay, cool. S-I-S-U. Sisu. All right. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 305. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out for reviews on all of the things. If you'd like to reach out to us and tell us everything we're wrong about the Jumanji franchise of films, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you can find contact forms there. If you 
don't want to use email because you are under 40. <laughs> and sometimes there are show notes, but I don't, we haven't had anything worth putting a link to for a couple weeks. Um, what else? Di if you Diablo. enjoy this show, Diablo, yeah, if you haven't heard of Diablo 4, we'll, we'll <laughs> link to that. No, just Google. You can find it. It's, just, just Google it's it. It's a Blizzard game. Uh, if you enjoy the front porch, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. It helps out a lot in those rankings. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.